0: Like 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 you have all made it to the dance. dance.
1: dance. 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 You have all made it, made it, made it. Coming to you from the X Access. It's John of All Trades with your host, John X.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades podcast, episode 352. Your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And because this show was built by an entrepreneur who was told that he was teaching himself to be an entrepreneur in the very first year of this show's existence, it makes sense that I turn to another entrepreneur. This week, I've got Josh Martin. Josh Martin has opened a Smoothie King franchise in the Central Park neighborhood of Denver. Now, That in itself is notable. Anyone making the leap into entrepreneurialism is in my cool book, right? That's cool enough. We talk about that. We talk about what it's like getting involved in business. And by Josh's own admission, it's not as hard as people think it is. A lot of people overcomplicate. I'll let him elaborate later in this episode. But first, it's also noteworthy that Josh played seven seasons in the NFL. And we spent some time talking about what it's like in NFL football, how he came to football late, I give him some rapid-fire NFL questions, so for any of you football geeks out there, this one's got some fun little nuggets in it. But more than anything, what I took away from this is Josh is a good dude, a smart dude, a hard-working dude, and someone that I clicked with immediately, and I think you will too. I think you'll enjoy this episode because it's one of those great John of All Trades episodes that's like two for one. It reminds me of one of my favorite episodes, DJ Aaron Stereo where we talked about her life as a professional DJ, but we also talked about her former life as a 911 dispatcher. Holy crap, right? That's two very different things. Here we've got former NFL player turned Smoothie King franchise owner slash entrepreneur. Two things I adore, all for the price of one, which is nothing. I don't charge you anything for this show, but I'm happy to continue to bring it to you. And one of the reasons I'm able to do that is because of our sponsor, Let's pay some love to 4Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Anything you're doing online, 4Degrees can help you do it better, no matter who you're trying to reach, no matter what kind of content you're pushing, whether it's a good, whether it's a service, whether it's a campaign, whether it's a candidate. 4Degrees will build you a website, come up with an email marketing campaign, do some online advertising, some social media marketing. No matter what it is you need, 4Degrees will come up with a campaign that is killer for you. Find the people you're hoping to target, And do it at a price that is well worth your money. So check them out. The number four, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. You know what? Let's treat this like we're covering a kickoff. Keep our eye on the ball holder, stay in our lane, run down the field, and let's get to it. Josh Martin, former NFL player turned entrepreneur, is episode 352 of the John of All Trades podcast. And it starts right now.
1: Uh, well, we didn't have any catering orders. Okay. Uh, so we, we partnered with the gym, uh, bodies by perseverance to provide smoothies for them and their clients. And yeah. so on occasion they place their orders and they need them pretty early in the morning. That's a 4 a.m., four thirty a.m. wake up call.
0: Yo. Okay. So how
1: many days a week is that?
0: Uh, it's maybe two, three.
1: Okay. No, it's not too crazy. It's not too bad. It's, it's a, it's a new relationship. So do you have kids?
0: I have no kids. Okay. I, have, I have two dogs. All right. So because my kids are seven and eight and they wake up with the sun. They wake up like little CEOs. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were on vacation this weekend, and it was like 5.45 a.m., and I hear him stirring, and I go, no way. This is vacation. You're killing me. Yeah. So in the event that you do choose to have kids, you'll be well-suited for it with this. Yeah, man. <laughs> Listen, I, I feel like uh, I'm
1: not going to compare my dog uh, to a kid, but you know, those early mornings Yeah. Well, how old are the dogs and what kind are they? So, uh, myself and my girlfriend, we have a pharaoh hound and a chocolate lab. Okay. Uh, one is 10. The pharaoh hound is 10. Okay. And the chocolate lab is three. All right. Did you have them... Uh, did you have that one through puppyhood? Yeah. So, uh... I met her when her dog was an adult dog mm. and so, adult <laughs> kids. And then, um, sure. my, my dog I've had since he was eight weeks.
0: Okay. Wow. Yeah. I, and I've heard my, so my parents got a puppy at the same time when my kids were babies and they're like, I feel like we're having babies again. And I go, mom, you're not now. Don't compare the <laughs> two. You're, you're killing me here, lady, because I know it's hard with your puppy, but no way is it the same as what we're doing. Uh, I wouldn't expect it to be. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's something else. But This is Josh Martin. He, uh, he opened the first Smoothie King franchise here in Colorado, right? No, I no? did not. It so, was not? No, it's not. It's,
1: uh, it's the second in Denver this year. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. Yes, yeah, the second in Denver this year. I like to think that, um, you know, shout out to Brian and his crew, their operation. They're doing really well. Good things, uh, right near George Washington off Leaksdale. Um, but. Okay.
0: Yeah. I know that one. That's near my house.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So okay. they, they've been, they opened a month before we did. Smoothie King had a foray in Colorado. Probably about uh, eight to ten years ago, okay. in that range, off Colorado Boulevard, just uh, right near Cherry Creek, uh, did well. Didn't have the infrastructure as a franchisor, right, mm. to support there. Meaning what? M- more remote, just in terms of support, right? Okay. Uh, technology, uh, supply chain, all the things you mm. need to have hammered out before you really begin to expand sure. um, into different regions as a franchisor.
0: Well, it's like what you hear about In and Out Burger, right? where they want to have their distribution centers within a certain number of miles so they can continue to have fresh ingredients. Is that kind of what you're describing?
1: Uh, Similar. That's one part of it, right? So that would be supply chain, right? When you think of technology, um, you're thinking of, okay, what what, uh, point-of-sale system are they using? How are they collecting data? How are they sharing that
0: data with the franchisees in a way that's actionable, Yeah, among other things? Okay. It also bears mention that you are formerly of the NFL.
1: Formerly, yes. Uh, Played seven years in the NFL and drafted out of Columbia in New York, uh 2013, really fun phone call from Andy Reid when I was hanging out in my punter's dorm room, uh, <laughs> watching the draft end. Uh, that that was uh, a fast seven years, man.
0: Did you have any inkling that you were
1: going to get drafted? Because you're an undrafted player, as you just mentioned. But I knew that I was going to have a chance. Okay. I knew that I was going to end up in a training camp, at, at the very least with the opportunity to show what I could do. That turned out to be enough.
0: Yeah, well, that's great. I'm hoping to talk a little bit about that and Smoothie King because, I mean, those are two, I would say, big parts of your life.
1: (laughs) Smoothie King has become a tremendous part of my life in the last three months. The time in between Smoothie King and the NFL, uh, you know, you had the pandemic. I was trying out some things in media.
0: Uh, So plenty to explore there too. Okay. So I'm always fascinated by second acts in people's lives, right? So we're kind of Tarantinoing this conversation as we kind of go in reverse, right? But... When you were a professional athlete, and I, I've heard the common cliche that the NFL, the the initials actually stand for not for long, right? Because seven-year career is nothing to sneeze at. That's a that's a damn fine career. It's, just, it's a solid, solid piece of time. But you're not even 30 years old at that point, right? No, I got out of the
1: league. So I, I was in the NFL when I was 21. Yeah. And uh, left was
0: 2019. I was like 28, 29 maybe. Yeah. that That's a lot of life left to live. Yeah. I mean, for any athlete, let's say, you know, let's say you're Tom Brady, right? Who just, I think, just retired. We'll see if that sticks, right? Yeah. He's 40, right? I'm 41 right now. I'm 41 years old, and I feel like I'm just getting into the prime of my career, right? So you go through an athletic prime, and then it's off to find something else to fill the days and and fulfill yourself. So you mentioned you tried out some media. When your NFL career came to its close— how did you approach taking the next steps? I was an undrafted free agent, right? Um, Out of a small school,
1: people questioned my desire to play football from day one, uh, just knowing that I had other opportunities that I could potentially explore and pursue. Well, I
0: mean, you said Columbia, right? Yeah. The Ivy League Columbia? Yeah, the Ivy League Columbia.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I had some options, some opportunities uh, to pursue outside of football. And I certainly explored those opportunities in the off seasons. Uh, That's something that I was always preparing for from day one. I remember from day one, I showed up to the locker room and this, you know, is a common anecdote among NFL players. First day you come in, they're cleaning out someone's locker. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, it's it's a common occurrence. Everyone has that story. Uh, And my thought was, do you remember who it was? No, I couldn't even tell you. Okay. I mean, oh, sure. The, the right. NFL is a machine, man. Yeah. Uh, they choose you up and spits you out, and hopefully you're able to make some money and, and save it along the way. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I was preparing for the end from day one, hmm. and part of that was investing in my academics. My, both my parents were teachers, so academics were huge. You know, knowledge is power. So that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... Taking that journey, uh, from Columbia to the NFL, uh, I was prepared for the end. And so I've been excited to pursue something beyond football now that I have, uh,
0: um, the time to do that, you know. Do you miss it? I miss it every day, man. Yeah, but I miss it every day. I produced a show, uh, that featured Reggie Rivers, who was Denver Bronco, Mm -hmm. a beloved here, but always a guy kind of on the bubble of being cut. So he had a very similar kind of experience, you know, and I also read Nate Jackson's book. Uh, I think it was slow getting up okay. um, tales from the bottom of the pile. And yeah. he was always kind of one of those bubble players too, uncertain of his future. You know, he's not, he's not showing up. He's not, you know, I, and I can only pull like <laughs> uh, old time outside linebackers at this point, but let's say he's, he's uh, he's not Vaughn Miller, right? He's not um, Derek Thomas. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of don't know where you stand going into each training camp. Was that sort of the journey for you, too? Yeah, especially my first few years. I mean, being undrafted out of Columbia? I, I thought my career was over after year
1: three. Uh, had a bad training camp, overtrained in mm-hmm. the off-season, thinking, you know, uh, training harder was better than training smarter. Sure. Uh, so lived that. Made a, tried to make a play. Ended up knocking myself out. Concussion. <laughs> uh, bodies beat to shit. And ended up getting cut. Uh, uh, put great. on the streets. I had to do my rehab at um, KU Med. I forget the name of the the trainer who was helping me out, but, uh, was able to revitalize my career. But during that time I'm on the couch at home. Yeah. So I flew to Columbia to homecoming. All right, let me find a job. Uh, ended up, uh, getting involved with uh, a former player who was in the VC space.
0: Okay. Yep.
1: What, so you thought it was over at that point. How'd you come back? Well, uh, I thought it was over. I had some time to rest and recuperate, uh, coming off the concussion. I was on four different teams that year. Wow. Uh, ended up getting picked up by the Bucks. The uh, head um, special teams coordinator was the assistant coordinator on the Chiefs when I was there. And at that point, I would established myself as a good special teams player, mm. uh, one of the best in the league. I uh, you know, hang my hat on that, man. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's how I kept my job with special teams. <laughs> the unsung heroes. Oh, 100%. In the NFL. But um, yeah, well, it, was, it was one of those... Doing the dirty work,
0: uh, right? Doing, doing the work that's hard, right? Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know, you're covering kicks, you're blocking people running at you full speed with 30-yard head start. Yeah. And um, it was, you know, NFL is brutal, but those opportunities led from, you know, my previous performance, right? I demonstrated that I had something to offer teams, uh, that led to the bucks, ended up getting hurt on the bucks, got released that led to an opportunity with the Colts. And then from the Colts, I went to the jets. I was in the yeah. Colts practice squad. So got picked up by the jets after that. And I was with the Jets for a few years.
0: So I was, uh, there, there was this professional wrestler I really like named Tyler Breeze mm-hmm. and he was trying out for WWE. And so there's... You know, fifty hot shots there, you know, professional wrestlers and so very flamboyant, very self confident. Um, it came down to him and another guy, and it was this guy named Tony Nice, who ended up did, he got signed later. But they said to him, The reason we picked you over Nice, and Nice is built like a Greek god, right? Just looks incredible. Breeze, <laughs> a little bit smaller, not quite as defined, similar movesets. But they said we signed you over Nice because we knew you. And we knew your personality and you were very outgoing, very effusive, very, you know, coordinating, asking, how can I get better? Who can I meet? Who can you introduce me to? For a player, like you said, the unsung hero, special teams, how important is that staying in contact and building good rapport with coaches and uh, you know, you establish that re- that
1: reputation, I'll say, from day one. Sure. Right? Because there's no way that you're getting signed by any team without them making a couple of phone calls. Yeah. Hey, what do you have to say about this guy? What do you have to think about this guy? Um, so every day you come into the facility is an audition. And, and that's no secret
0: either at this point. Okay. So it's a contact sport in multiple ways. Yeah. In that way. So how do you maintain your network? How do you build a reputation? I say, I mean, I've done PR my entire life. It takes a long time to build a reputation. Very short amount of time to destroy one. Yeah. So when you were growing up playing football, did you, did you always play football or did you come to it later? No, man. I came to it later. I didn't oh, really? start playing football until freshman year of high school.
1: Wow. Um, I was a Taekwondo kid. I ran track, played basketball. It was just a way for me to make friends. My family moved across the school district. They had a football team. It was like Cherokee Trail, go Cougars.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah and, uh, Wait, where'd
1: you grow up then? Uh, so I grew up between Houston and Denver. We moved okay. to Denver. Um, what part of
0: Houston? I spent a year there. Katy. Okay. Yeah. yeah Katie, yeah.
1: way out west. I mean, that, that was, I was there when Katie Mills was built. So oh, that was, geez. that was a while ago. Okay, yeah. yeah so, so I was a kid, kid.
0: So I was in the woodlands. Okay. So yeah. like way north. Mm-hmm. But my, uh, one of my best friends when I was there, he moved out to Katie. So I, I visited him not that long ago. He just moved away. Okay. It's kind of it's a strange town. Yeah. My, my parents are down there. Both my grandmas are down there. My brother
1: is playing for the Texans, um, this season. So he's down there. Yeah. I still have family down there. Sure. But we, we moved here, uh, fifth grade uh Cherry Creek School District ended up graduating from Cherokee Trail um, and that's where I started my football career
0: wow and how did you take to the game i mean obviously well considering you no are... i didn't man i remember <laughs> really? i was this
1: awkward lanky kid you know i showed up in my short shorts and my tie-dye shirt with my big afro uh it was like i dropped in from the 70s or something uh, for my first workout and uh, i just wanted to belong Okay. So I worked as hard, if not harder than every, I mean, I would consider, I, I think that I worked harder than everyone else. Sure. Uh, to be frank. But, um. Well, how many
0: of those guys made it to the NFL, right?
1: Oh, well, yeah, you know, you're right. So, yeah, I, I just worked hard. So I, I wanted to not let my teammates down. And one thing led to the next, you know, um, first few years didn't really click, um, until about my third year. Football is a very violent, physical, you don't say. brutal game. And, um, uh, they do a good job glamorizing it. But in the trenches, you know, they call it in the trenches, um, for a reason, right, obviously yeah. it's not war, but it's it's battle um in a in a controlled sense
0: well it's it's trying to inflict your will on someone else, yeah who doesn't want your will inflicted upon them well who's actively trying to inflict their will upon you <laughs> Right, exactly <laughs> yeah, so I mean that's a fight yeah like no matter how you do it, there are rules of, of, of you know rules of engagement in that fight, yeah. But it's a fight. No,
1: for sure. So that's, I didn't really embrace that until my junior year. I actually played wide receiver mm. and safety. And I have a, you know, one of my core memories of my early years of playing football was getting ran over by this running back <laughs> my freshman year. And I realized, uh, that, oh, he, like in, he didn't have to run me over, <laughs> but he, <laughs> but he could, <laughs> but, he, but he, but he could. And he did, um, he could have ran around me, but he, Sought me out, yeah. um, I, you know. I was the last line of defense, and ended up getting ran over. And I'm welcome think, to football. I'm not kid. sure I made the tackle, uh, but yeah, there was a lot of uh, welcome to football moments sure. earlier in that career before I started welcoming people to football.
0: Yeah. So, what was your welcome to football moment in the NFL? Was it seeing that? I mean, seeing someone packed up the day you came in. Yeah, I think
1: um, when there's money involved, particularly that much money, seeing that um, was welcome to the NFL. Uh, the year that I came in. Uh, the Chiefs drafted Eric Fisher number one overall. Mm. I was an outside linebacker. He was an offensive tackle. So rookie minicamp, he was the first person that I went against. Oh, dear. And that's when I realized that the worst player in the NFL and the best player in the NFL, there's not that much difference. <laughs> not as much as you would think, right? It, it not was, as much as in college. Yeah, right? not as much as in college. And actually, my welcome to NFL moment was you belong here in the NFL. Because mm-hmm. if, if you can hold your own against the first overall pick, you'll be all right.
0: Yeah, if you can hang, yeah, you'll be okay. Yeah. How did how did the end come for
1: you? Quick man. Like, yeah, so uh, I was on the rise, man. Undrafted free agent, classic story. Fought my way to starting outside linebacker. Starting outside linebacker salary, you're talking millions of dollars. Okay. So I had like a bridge contract. Um,
0: so bridge contract. Bridge
1: contract. So not quite a starter, but still a valuable contributor. Seven figure, multiple seven figure uh, contract over two years. Um,
0: like a good percentage guaranteed.
1: Like, uh, work? yeah, I mean, half a year guaranteed, but sure. at that point I was, I wasn't concerned about my job.
0: Right, 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 right.
1: I wasn't concerned about my job when I got that contract. Cause I knew that I had a great relationship with the coaches. I knew that I was dependable. My numbers spoke for themselves mm-hmm. uh, and, um, going into a year, knowing you're the starter, all I had to do was prepare and work on my craft. I wasn't concerned about competition. It wasn't handed to me. I earned it. I knew I was the best in the room going into the room and you know, I'm no Von Miller. I'm no Derek Thomas, right. but, uh, I was a good football player and I knew that the coaches knew that the film doesn't lie you can look it up NFL starter yeah so um, I made it to that I'm playing it's a contract year all I gotta do is at the very least do the same thing I did last year Mm -hmm. and then I'm making three four five times more than what I was making that year big team guy was still playing special teams as a starter wow Uh, there's one point where um, the same season I started I played every single special teams snap in a game Jeez. so that's Kickoff, kickoff return, punt, punt return, field goal block, uh, hands team. I'm I'm blocking for the PAT team for the field goal team. I'm playing wing. Um, Jeez. So you're on the PAT team too? Yeah, I'm on the PAT. So team. So you're on
0: the offensive side. Now. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, so I'm I'm playing all these roles, just doing everything I can to. That's kind of how I proved myself the year before. I ended up. Uh, Earning that starting position. Well, you're talking to John of all trades here, man. So, yeah. yeah <laughs> no, listen, sometimes you gotta you gotta be able to do it all. <laughs> Josh of all trades on the field. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just going to that year, knowing it was a contract year, knowing that my life was going to change in a way that I hadn't seen until I made it into the NFL. Yeah. And you know, one thing led to another. Ended up uh, covering a punt. It was they ran it in for a touchdown. But I'm, I'm a never give up kind of guy. Ended up missing or not seeing a blindside block. Uh, completely decleated me, and that was like the beginning of a terrible season. Uh, Ended up being diagnosed as a concussion. I tried to sit out a few games, knowing that every game I sat out, I'm losing money. Not that I wasn't being paid for that money, but future money, right? Yeah. Uh, So I tried to come back after about a month of resting, concussion symptoms. You know, is this a concussion symptom? Or am I tired? Am I hungry? Am I thirsty? Am I dehydrated? Sure. Um, Did I not sleep well? Did I not sleep well? End up going back in the second concussion, put on IR, shut down for the year. It wasn't done yet. Uh, Still had some, what the GM would call, earning potential. So I ended up coming back, training harder for that next season. Ended up landing with the Saints, probably in the best shape of my life at that point. Probably 250, 260 pounds. Wow. Uh, playing outside linebacker covering tight ends covering running backs out of the backfield got a late workout before training camp for the saints ended up you know crushing that i, I crushed tests and workouts just when i have time to prepare was with them for a while they're working me in i wasn't there for the off season, so i'm still learning the playbook working out some kinks making more mistakes than i would normally make a lot of newness in a new city don't have my therapist uh you know uh, to help me take care of my body. My routine's kind of off. I'm sure. not at home. I'm living out of a hotel. I have a suitcase again. Ended up getting in the third preseason game as, a, as the backup. Uh, basically, as a chance, hey, you'll be the backup if you play well in this game. Yeah. Uh, and, and still on special teams, obviously. Yeah, still on special teams. Yeah, yeah. So in the, they had a good special teams coach. The special teams coaches during that time knew who I was, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm a person you have to account for. Ended up uh, losing the edge, man, which is the last thing you want to do as an edge defender. Yeah. Uh, dove to make a tackle. Landed awkwardly, shoulder popped out. You can still find that picture of me walking off the field of my last time in a football uniform. I have that uniform. I bought it off of eBay. I what? found it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait, how, wait, how did you find your own uniform? On uh, eBay?
1: You know, you get nostalgic. I gotta let me look up some old pictures, some highlights. Okay. It's funny because I worked for CBS Sports for a brief stint a couple years ago doing some sideline reporting sure. and stuff. Uh, so I downloaded all the NFL archival footage that I had access to from my old games. But uh, but yeah, no, it's just on eBay. I was looking at jerseys because I couldn't find the jersey. I was like, I know people sell them, and it wasn't going to be a high-ticket item, so I could sure. I could pull it off and <laughs> end up finding it and purchased it. It was in my house a,
0: a week later. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, that's it's kind of a bittersweet. No, there was a lot story. to that, right? Right, yeah. yeah, but you knew it was over. Yeah, at that point, two
1: years on IR back-to-back, aging player at the ripe age of 28.
0: Um, <laughs> it reminds me of Moneyball when they're trading for a double-A player. It's like... Uh, what level? Double A. How old? 26? No. Oh. Yeah. And you go, whoa. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, so I knew it was the kind of the beginning of the end. The moment I tore my shoulders, like, all right, I need to find something else. Cause sure. at this point i am taken a decrease in pay, the holding on to something that had impacted my body in a way that is difficult to justify the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're young and dumb at a certain point when you're in the NFL, but, uh, it is a business and you have to, um, sure. treat it accordingly. Do you still have effects like physical effects from? Yeah, man, my back hurts now. You know, just my, sitting <laughs> like, here? yeah, yeah. Cause, uh I got to get my knee scoped out. You know, it's my it'll be my fourth knee surgery at some Jeez. point. It's those things where it's like, all right, well, did I really make enough money to justify the damage that I've done to my body? Mm. Um, not yet. Okay. Um, so that's that's kind of how I'm looking at it. I worked really hard for that money. Uh, every cent they made yeah. me earn. So I'm putting that money to work on being as aggressive as humanly possible.
0: Yeah. I, um, I'll bet after the fact, <laughs> well, you're a smart guy, obviously went to Columbia. What led you to do to, to choose smoothie King? Because one thing you hear about former athletes is they get presented with investment opportunities all the time because people smell money. And I know it's not as much money as people think it is because that's going to a lot of different places too, yeah. right? Like you've got your agent, you've got, I like to put it this way. Someone's writing those checks. <laughs> so that you got, right, get some context of how much money it really is. Sure, yeah, understood. But you know, you hear about athletes getting presented with a lot of investment opportunities. I, I hear car washes come up a lot um, for whatever reason. What ultimately led you to choose Smoothie King? Smoothie King, very random. Like I said, I spent some time with CBS Sports.
1: Was looking for something to do. Still, I mean, it's entertainment, right? Yeah. I, I wanted to be out of entertainment. I wanted to call. Shots. Did you want and, a more normal schedule too? Or was that uh, even part of it? No, I didn't care about the schedule. I just wanted to be the person writing the checks at sure. the end of the day. And franchising was an easy way to kind of get into that entrepreneurship space. I signed on to an agency, Vayner Sports, Gary V and AJ, very entrepreneurial oriented uh, Wait, Gary V. Like yeah, Gary V. The Gary
0: Gar- v. <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, so AJ was my agent. Oh, wow. All and, right. And, um, you know, that was a strategic move on my part, knowing that I have access to these two kind of legendary entrepreneurs, at least in the 21st century. So, yeah, I was looking to take that entrepreneurship route. What's entrepreneur light, franchising? You kind of have a playbook and a model you can follow. Yeah. Emphasis on playbook. Very good at learning and following the playbook. There you go. So Smoothie King was very random. My dad got a call from uh, an old friend from college who had a uh, friend who was selling locations south of Denver, Highland Ranch, Castle Rock. Mm. I didn't really know that much about Smoothie King at the time, to be honest. I spent most of my life here in Colorado and in New York. Not a lot of Smoothie Kings. But when I did my diligence, did some research on the brand, saw what they were all about. Obviously, they have the partnerships with the Pelicans, with the Cowboys. Uh,
0: They named the arena
1: down in New Orleans? absolutely. So um, knowing what I knew about Colorado and Denver and how active and health-oriented the population is the culture centered around the mountains and everyone's outdoors seem like a no-brainer because smoothie king the ingredients are quality ingredients right uh i I like to give the example for those who who care about tart cherries okay tart cherries high in antioxidants natural melatonin anti-inflammatory all that good stuff uh in the nfl we drunk uh we drank what's that drunk or drink we drank drank yeah we drank uh tart cherry juice concentrate Smoothie King, we have whole tart cherries. You get the whole fruit. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, it's like, I didn't even have access to this stuff when I was in the NFL. Mind you that obviously Smoothie King isn't a national brand in the sense of, um, in the way that McDonald's is right. right? Uh, or international at that point. But yeah, I liked what I saw basically is the world of the story. I liked what I saw. I saw the opportunity to grow the brand in Denver, in Colorado, that no locations open in Denver at the time, um, that I was pursuing, uh, the opportunity. And, uh, Ended up missing out on buying those, which is probably a blessing in disguise, as I probably wouldn't have been ready to take those on. How long ago was that? That was uh, 2021. Okay. December 2021. We ended up signing the franchise agreement a few months later. uh, The numbers don't make sense to open just one, right? So we agreed to open three. I say weeks, I brought my sister. I convinced my sister to move back out here with me.
0: Where was she? Uh, shout
1: out to Gabby. She was in uh, Houston at the time, has a ton of experience in the QSR space, running those stores, trying to recruit my team, right? I'm building <laughs> my team at this. I'm, I'm playing GM. There you go. Uh, let me recruit my team and put the pieces in place so we can, we can win, some, uh, win some games. How's it been going? Uh, we're crushing it, man. Really? I'm, I'm, Good.
0: Yeah. We're, we're, we
1: started very fast. The goal was to start fast. Mm I didn't have time. I'm not interested in easing into it. We jumped right in, um, treating it like covering a kick. Keep your head on a swivel. Keep moving forward to the ball.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, That's kind of how we're moving. Uh, So we're doing well. Number three in the region in revenue our first couple of months. Nice. All the metrics are looking good, uh, making a lot of money. Now it's a matter of, all right, I knew we were going to make money. I spent a lot of money to make money. So <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's, let's now reorganize and um, get in a place where we can scale, right? We have sure. one store, we're crushing it revenue-wise at one store. Let's get a little bit more detail-oriented. Let's look at the COGS. Let's look at labor. What's our strategy mm-hmm. uh, for managing the operation? How, how can we build on top of the infrastructure that Smoothie King Corporate has established uh, to refine it? In a way that makes the most sense for us. Okay, what has been most surprising about this process to you? I think uh, people overcomplicate business. It's not that hard. And and, <laughs> I, and, and this is maybe I love is, that. Maybe I guess I haven't failed yet. No, I failed plenty. Uh, maybe not sure. in business, but uh, you know, I've been cut before. I've been yeah. you know, I've been fired. It's not as difficult as people make it out to be.
0: Say more about and, that. And be- I, I, because I, I I feel the same way. Like because. I've been self-employed now for the last eight and a half years. Mm -hmm. And I find so many people are focused on that which they cannot control, which for me, as long as I I live by two maxims, work hard and be nice to people. If you do that and you build your reputation, we talked about reputation here earlier with you in the locker room and with these coaches, right? If you do that, if you deliver a high-quality product... A lot of the rest of this will some to a certain extent take care of itself yeah i mean that's that's pretty much
1: the the method we 're taking as far as building our team right are we paying them what they're worth yeah. uh, are we, you know we have high standards, but we have high pay you know we have first timers making twenty two twenty three dollars an hour nice um sixteen year olds in high school, so I think it's a, just a matter of um understanding what people want and giving them what they want. And that whether
0: that's the guest or your team members. 100%. Well, Josh, let, I want to see how you react to this. A common cultural narrative you hear these days is no one wants to work anymore. I always take exception with that because it's like, no, people don't want to work for you and the crappy wage that you're paying with this terrible environment. Yeah. People are dying to work, but they want to go to a place where they're valued and fulfilled. Does that land with you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, like dating culture. You have all these apps now. You don't have to date in your town. People have options. So what are you doing? You know, recruiting uh, team members is just as fundamental as customer acquisition. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I think that's, that's kind of how I look at it.
0: That's true. You go into a place, you get a vibe from the employees. It reminds me of like, I've interviewed bands on this show and I love going to see live music. Like that's one of my favorite things to do. And I forget that the energy transfer works both ways. You know, you're thinking I really want this band to come out and blow me away. Well, that band is going out there and going, man, I hope this crowd is good. (laughs) Like, I hope this crowd gives me something because if they give me something, I can give it back. And then it becomes like one hand kind of washes the other. That's kind of what you're describing between employees and customers. Yeah. I mean, I've appreciated the
1: feedback we've gotten from our guests uh, so far. They recognize and acknowledge the energy in our store. This quality of service in our store is different from other places that they visit, Um, whether it's our neighbors in the shopping center Mm. or just in the neighborhood and greater community. Um, and we're based in Central Park, so
0: okay. Yeah. That's where are you in Central Park?
1: We're uh, north of I seventy, just past the In and Out. Um, okay, south of the high school.
0: Okay, yeah. So I lived in Central Park for a brief time, but I was on the southwest side. I was at like twenty third and Syracuse. Okay, the way Central Park has grown is just insane to me. So, like, what a great place to pick.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, that's where all the growth in Denver is happening. Yeah, and this is something that I was able to identify, um, you know, through the help of our broker, but also see in real time at our training store in Dallas, all the successful franchisees, they have that increase in revenue because they're in growing areas. Mm. Uh, right. They're building where people are going to be. They're not
0: waiting for people to be there and then build. Yeah. Good call. Well, I mean, you mentioned dodging that bullet in Highlands Ranch, right? Yeah. Well, the Highlands Ranch, uh, Stores
1: weren't in good shape; they're a bit neglected. Remote owner, ah, absentee you know. landlord. Yeah, exactly. So, the great locations, great neighborhood, great area. There's sure. like seven high schools around that store. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's affluent, right? They have money. Yeah, it's just a, it's a nice area. It's just the stores weren't ran
0: well, and they're they've made
1: tremendous progress with their new owner. So, sure. Yeah.
0: In terms of Smoothie King, uh, for anyone who's unfamiliar with the franchise, I personally have not visited yet. Um, what sets you all apart? I should have brought you a smoothie, man. <laughs> Yeah, Well, you know what? I'll have to visit you in the store. Yeah, come on by. I'll do that. That's yeah, yeah. I, I'm on that side of town all the time. Like, that's the target we go to. Yeah, right there. Yeah, so so what, what sets you all apart?
1: I take my high-performance competitive approach, everything that I've learned through my time in the NFL, not only what allowed me to become, you know, a good player in the NFL, but what I learned from being on good teams in the NFL. Okay. Uh, you know, what was the formula for good teams? They put their team members... Um, their players in positions of success. They gave them the resources to be successful. Mm-hmm. So how can we do that? One, in order to pay people the way that they should be paid, you got to have guests come through the doors. Yeah. So we invest in the PR, we invest in the marketing, the radio ads. We blow up the spot, right? We got to have that money coming in to start. We can always pull back on costs. You can't, you know, that, that's that's kind of how, that's my approach. And I think that's kind of what makes us maybe a little different um, is my experience in the NFL and my approach with teams and putting teams, um, giving them the resources to be successful. You attract people that, that want that, right. You get paid a lot of money. The expectations are high. The standards are high. There's opportunity for growth within, um, our group. So this is our first store. We're working on the lease for our second store, uh, potentially looking at some acquisitions down the road. We'll see wow. what that looks like. Like I said, we're growing fast and we're being aggressive. I'm not a take it slow kind of guy.
0: Um, outside linebacker, get out of here!
1: Outside linebacker, man, <laughs> we got to go.
0: There's, there's, there's no going backwards, man. Only forwards. <laughs> Demographically, so like age-wise, is what I'm looking for yeah. here. How, how is your customer breakdown? Like, what are your customers looking like? You mentioned high school kids. Yeah, uh,
1: so Northfield High School's up the street. Half of our staff is, you know, Northfield High, Adam City High. A lot of families, Central Park, okay. very family oriented. Love it. Um, you got the dogs. You got people biking into the store a lot of youth athletes. Okay. Technically the demographic, the age demographics, 18 to 35, it leans towards women uh, for smoothie King, um, which, which does make a lot of sense. But in our area, we have a lot of families, a lot of youth athletes. Dick's Sporting Goods, uh, park is right up the road. So all the tournaments that, uh, come through are a bone for us and you know, that's, that's a win.
0: So sometimes I will make a protein shake or a smoothie at home, mm-hmm. right? Protein powder, I'll put some spinach in there, some frozen berries, collagen, whatever, Right. I'll I'll add those things. Why should I leave my house and come to Smoothie King and get one of your smoothies? Without you
1: being a chef or a scientist that, you know, has provided input to formulate your smoothies, Mm -hmm. your smoothies simply just aren't going to be as good. And they have a whole team (laughs) developing the products um, the recipes that go into the smoothies and our, you know, our fruit, it's typically going to be more nutritious than what you can get in the grocery store frozen at peak ripeness. Really? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Why, how does that work? Well, you know, you, when you freeze the fruit and I'm not a scientist sure, and feel free to fact check me when you freeze the fruit at peak ripeness, you kind of freeze it in time in mm. a sense, right? Like so you're all,
0: talking about flash freezing, like I flash think, freezing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So all the nutrients at that point in time in the, piece of fruit or veggie that you're freezing kind of remain in kind of kind of stasis okay um i'm getting I'm, I'm way out of my league right here that's all right and then you know we thought so we, we we kind of keep it at that point in time okay. in terms of its freshness
0: we thought and we blended. it all right that sounds i mean you sold me i you know it makes sense to me i don't know <laughs> do you have ultimate designs on how far you want to take this I mean, how big do you want to get? You know, I, I tell myself, you know, we have
1: hard days. It's like, ah, you know, I might stick to these three. I might stick to these five. And then we have some good days where it's like, all right, man, we got at least 20 of these things. <laughs> um, so I, I think uh, financially, it makes a lot of sense to blow it up. Sure. Right. I don't want to be in the stores blending smoothies. As much as I enjoy interacting with the, with the guests, mm-hmm. um, having a presence in the stores is important for sure as a face, as the owner. But uh the goal is to is to blow it up, man. We're we're moving fast, we're being aggressive. Let's go build three, acquire a couple, and go
0: go fundraise. Wow. This to me is is one of because I, I think our media narrative focuses on athletes who have a hard time after the game is over. Um, what would you say to any professional athlete? I mean, you you said you were preparing for the end from day one and listening to you talk and listen to you talk about, you know, we want to build these stores. We want to blow it out. We want to, you know, you have a very competitive mentality. Still. What would you say to any athlete who might stumble across this, um, about what the next chapter could look like for them? I've been
1: out of the league. My last season was 2019. Mm -hmm. I tore my shoulder, definitely tough times in between then and now. So I can't say that it's, it's, it's certainly not easy, I think about it every day. I miss the game every day. Um, Let me
0: ask you, what do you miss most about it? Everyone
1: says the locker room, man. Um, I miss the locker room. I miss the sport, like the competition. Mm. Um, how everyone is is trying to get it. Uh, everyone's not trying to get it in business, man. <laughs> no, um, they're definitely you know, not. A lot of people are just cashing checks, cashing it in, um, which is cool. There's certainly a place
0: for that. You know, uh, you're making money. You're making money. Takes all kinds too. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like you, you need a few people who are content to. I'm going to show up. This is my job. I'm going to get paid for it, and I'm going to go home, and that's it. Yeah. Like, fine. Okay, great. The world needs people who who just do their job. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, and I'm not speaking specifically on people who are, you know, employed versus entrepreneurs. No, of course just, not. Yeah, yeah. There, there are some, I know, terrible entrepreneurs. I'm in this space, um, and I go, how do people keep hiring you? Yeah. Like, you keep giving them terrible work product. How do people keep hiring you? Yeah. No, I, I think, Um. so that that's kind of, that's where we come from, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, some rapid-fire NFL questions for you, if I may. Yep. Who's the toughest tight end you ever covered? I mean, I played with Travis Kelsey on the Chiefs oh, geez, okay. for a few years. Um, I don't know
1: if I've encountered a shiftier tight end than Travis.
0: Really? What makes him – what separates him from the other tight ends in the league? Because I've I've watched him. I'm a Bronco fan. Travis Kelsey gets under my skin because he's amazing. But um, what sets him apart?
1: I mean, he he's – a tight end that can move, man, I, I think is the shiftiness. You don't get a lot of 250, 260-pound dudes that can line up against linebackers line up against DBs and win consistently. Uh, that, that was the one thing that I noticed. I was like, this dude doesn't run like a tight end. <laughs> uh, he runs like a wide receiver in a tight end's body. Um, that, that's, you know, He's a cool dude. Travis yeah. is a nice guy.
0: That's, a, that's tough to cover. Yeah. As you look back on your career, do you have a Josh Martin highlight that stands above the rest in terms of your playing career? And can you describe that moment for me? Could be college, could be NFL, could be something cool that happened in practice.
1: You know, I think it was fun to beat the Chiefs after I played for them. I kind of came into my own on the Jets. Uh, The Chiefs at the time, I mean, they had a stacked linebacker room. Derrick Johnson, Tom Bali, Justin Houston. Whoa, that is a stacked room. I mean, and then they had Eric Berry, at Safety. I think they had nine Pro Bowlers that year. (laughs) Uh, Brandon Albert, you know, I could, the list goes on. Beating the Chiefs when they had players, my former teammates, um, and kind of helping lead, in some parts, the special teams in the defense on the Jets to
0: to that win. That was probably the highlight of my career was that game. Was that in Kansas City or was that in the Meadowlands? It was in, in Meadowlands. Okay. midlife, yeah. Wow. You mentioned missing the locker room. Do you have a favorite locker room?
1: I don't have a favorite locker room. The... Chiefs locker room was great. A lot of senior leadership. Was my, that
0: during Andy Reid? Yeah, also. Andy Reid.
1: My first year in the league was Andy Reid's first year with the okay. Chiefs. got it. Um, which was a lot of fun. I've heard great things about him. Oh, Andy Reid's great, man. Yeah, him him and his cheeseburgers. Uh, <laughs> the uh, every, every locker room had its own personality. Sure. I think every locker room was a blast, man. It was like a comedy show, fashion show in one, social club, you yeah. name it. Uh, so they, they were all kind
0: of similar. I don't know if one was better than the other, I would say. Toughest stadium to play in, best stadium to play in, Arrowhead. Oh God! Again, Bronco fan. Anytime the Broncos are going to Arrowhead in December, I'm like, ha, huh, no. Yeah, man, Arrowhead was a lot of fun. I don't play offense, so I'm
1: not really concerned about <laughs> tough stadiums or crowd noise and things like that. Uh, but I I remember explicitly playing in that stadium when they were going for the world record kind of loudness. They're kind of competing against the Seahawks at the time, right? You couldn't yell in someone's ear. Like like two inches away. You couldn't be in someone's ear and they, they, they would still, they still couldn't hear you. Jeez.
0: That had to be a great environment to play defense in. I can't imagine what it's like for the offense. Oh man. It was incredible. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I remember the first
1: season, I mean, I'm a training camp, man. We had more fans at training camp. My first training camp in Kansas city than we had for like probably all of our fans, Combined at Columbia. Oh sure. Um, for, at least for a season. And that's when I was like, oh wow, like this is the energy. This like, is legit. Yeah. The energy was different. You know, you're, you're making you're making big checks and uh, hopefully big plays.
0: I uh, I asked that question to Carl Mecklenburg one time, mm-hmm. Denver Broncos legend, and uh, he said, I don't know, probably San Diego. And I go, what? And he said, well, the weather's nice, the fans aren't super engaged there. You know, you tend to lose a little bit of focus because it's less intense. And I yeah. thought, what a weird answer. No, that makes a lot of sense. I, I could probably second that in San Diego. We're at
1: AFC West, obviously, with the Chiefs. Yeah, um, just like I go grab a taco with one of my college buddies before the game, and uh, you know the weather is nice and the fans aren't engaged. They left San Diego for a reason.
0: Well, it's like, do we want to drive out to the to this part of San Diego, or should we stay home and maybe grill some steaks on the patio yeah. in this lovely weather? Yeah, and I don't know. Probably you're going to choose the latter. Yeah, which is probably why they're not in San Diego anymore. No, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. what are you going to do? All right. Well. Now's the time on the show when we do plugs. So please plug Smoothie King. Please plug any social accounts, anything at all that you want to plug. Now's the time to do it. Yeah. So uh, please follow us along, uh, Smoothie King Den D E N uh,
1: on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, you can follow along with me, Josh Martin ninety five
0: on uh, Instagram and NFL Free Agent on TikTok. Awesome. Well, that will be linked in the companion blog piece that's on johnofalltrades.us, also in the show notes. That is on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Audible, wherever you get your pods. I'm on platforms that I don't even know about. People will ask me, are you on Podcast Addict? I'm like, I don't know. Uh, But they find my show there. So no matter where you are, those will be linked in the show notes. Josh Martin, this was an enormous pleasure, and I wish you nothing but continued success. Yeah, same to you, John. Appreciate you having me. And that'll do it for episode 352 of the John of all trades podcast featuring Josh Martin. Go visit him and his smoothie cake franchise up in central park. I cannot wait to get there. It is so hot. I can go for a nice, refreshing, cold, healthy smoothie. And based on what he told me, it sounds like good, good stuff there. You listed all the links. You'll find those down in the companion blog piece on johnofalltrades.us or in the show notes, no matter what podcatcher you're listening to, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Google play, Spotify, Pandora, Audible, iHeartRadio. No matter where you get your pods, you'll find me there. The John of All Trades Podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M.us. I do all manner of public outreach campaigns. I'm also a professional podcast producer. That's right. I've got nine shows, That I am a part of. If you have an idea, I'd love to help you get it on wheels. I can do any aspect of the podcast development and production and execution process. So, if you'd like to email me, john, J-O-N, at deftcom.us. That's D-E-F-T-C-O-M.us. I'm off next week because I'm going to be on KOA twice next week. That's lots of content. Six hours, nine to noon, August 1st and August 2nd, but I'll be back here the week after that with a brand new episode. That's right rolling along, brand new shows coming right at you. Happy to bring you this content. Happy to get you through the heat of summer with fun stuff to listen to and cool people doing cool work. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying cool. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And until I hear you again, say goodnight, crazy.
1: That's good, Johnny.